I am the bread of life, says the Lord. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall not thirst. Here in this gospel, we have the first part of what is known as the great Eucharistic discourse in which the Lord Jesus taught most clearly that he is the one who satisfies the human person with his flesh and his blood, which are real food and real drink. Beginning last Sunday, and during the next three Sundays, including today, we are reading chapter 6 of the Gospel of St. John, and listening to the Lord's own teaching on what Holy Communion is. I encourage you to read that chapter if you like today. It would take you, it's 60 verses, it would take you two minutes, maybe three. Unless you read it in Latin, probably take you five, or in Greek. You could learn the Greek alphabet in one hour, so that would take you a little longer. But much of our language comes from Greek. Don't be intimidated by it. And the New Testament was written in Greek. It was helpful to take a look at it. Now with your fancy gadgets, you, you have it right in your pocket. The Greek scriptures. Don't neglect it. He will say in his teaching... At the culmination of his teaching in this chapter 6, My flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. This teaching of Christ is the faith of the Catholic Church from the time that Christ taught it. That the host at Mass And the contents of the chalice, which are on that table back there, the bread and the wine, at the consecration by the words of the priest, in the person of Jesus Christ himself at Calvary, are completely changed by the power of God into the true body and the true blood the true and unique person of Jesus Christ who really becomes our sacrifice and our meal. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, his flesh and blood. Wash us and nourish us for real, like no washing and like no nourishment, because this is we could say soul food, but it's food for the body. The distinction about the true food, the Lord says this is the true bread from heaven. Moses did not give you bread from heaven. God gives you the true bread from heaven. He who came down from heaven, the Son of Man. Christ is our nourishment. So that Holy Communion is real. It is the joining of heaven and earth. The flesh of God and the blood of God 
are here. In communion, you eat God. I told that to a first grade class over a decade ago, and one child burst out laughing, and I thought that was the appropriate response. I said, that child got it. That child understands how ridiculous it should be that we should, first of all, that God should have become a worm like us, a a mere mortal. Many people in the world reject that notion. All the Muslims and all the Jews and the Aryans, who were Christians for 500 years at the beginning of Christianity, there were civil wars in all of the nations of Christianity for half a millennium over, they, they could not tolerate that God should become a man and should suffer and die. How can God die? It's like the, the, the child, I think it was a girl. No, I don't know. The child in the first grade class. I said, the communion is, because they were preparing for, preparing for first communion. Communion is eating God. And she said, ha! <laughs> it's like saying God's a man. God has a mother. Many people reject it, reject the notion. But if Jesus Christ is God, and he's in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, indeed God has a mother. He made a mother for himself. Jesus Christ is God. He died for real. He suffered and he died. Can God die? No. Did Christ die? Yes. Is Christ God? Yes. God knows more than we know. In communion you eat God. But let us get back to today's gospel. In verses 24 to 35 of the sixth chapter of St. John, which we have now, the Lord sets the foundation. This is the foundation for his teaching on the Eucharist, that he's God. Before you can believe in the body and the blood on our altars and in our tabernacles, you have to believe in God. And then if you believe in God and that Jesus Christ is he, himself, in the flesh, then the rest is easy. You believe in him. And there's nothing outside of God's power. So the Lord, who made himself a man in the womb of the virgin, just before he tells the people there on the shore of the sea that he would give his body and his blood for our food and drink, he tells them who he is. I am the bread come down from heaven. I am the true bread. The implication is that all the rest, all the other bread is fake. Why is it fake? Because you eat it and you get hungry again. Horror of horrors. What good is that? And you eat it and you die. Doesn't matter what kind of cuisine you like. You will die. That's food for death. This is the food for life. I am the true bread of life. This is an amazing claim of power and authority which no other person has ever made or can make. No person in the world can make that claim. Great crowds were there waiting for another miracle. Christ had just miraculously fed thousands of people in the multiplication of the five loaves and the two fishes, having 12 baskets left over after everyone was satisfied. 
Now they come, and many other people are also interested. They come not because they have faith, but because they want to fill their bellies. They liked the miracle, but they missed the point of the miracle that Jesus is God, that he is the eternal son of God, the creator of the world and the owner of nature, that he is taking care of everything in everyone. They were more interested in pleasure than in the truth. Amen, amen, I say to you, you seek me not because you have seen signs, but because you have eaten of the loaves and had your fill and have been filled. Thus the Lord recognizes the imperfect intentions and the poor faith of his followers. This happens all the time. It's very natural. And the Lord knows of what we are made. He knows that our thoughts are often selfish and that we find it difficult to get out of ourselves and to think according to the mind of God. A natural example of this self-centeredness, which tends to overtake us and blind us from God, is the existence of an infant. We just had an infant. I hope the infant didn't leave. Oh. Did the infant leave? Is the mother still there? Yeah, good. Good. Have you ever closely watched an infant? All mothers and fathers surely have. An infant is interested in three things only, or four. The breast, milk, diaper changing, and rest. It seems that all the child does is eat and sleep and soil himself and cry to let you know he needs you to address one of those things. But there's a great mystery in the life of the infant because adults are very similar to them. Many adults live a life dedicated to all sorts of worldly ambitions to the natural needs, the animal pleasures, but they do not go any deeper than that. I was noticing that even with the infants, the eating and the sleeping is not everything. They need to be held. They need the mother's breast. They want the father's arms, even when they are not hungry and not tired. They respond to music. They like music and the, ble- the best classical music. Newborns love Mozart and not just baby Mozart. They like the unedited Mozart. They love it. Don't dumb it down for them. I have 40 plus nie- nieces and nephews. Well, I think it's 41. There's one in the, in the oven, as we say. My sister says. That's her ninth child. I've done the experiment more than once. The child will stop crying and delay its demand to meet its its physical, its material needs to listen to some music and to dance. 
in your arms. This is a reality that goes deeper than the belly. Music and affection feed the heart where the milk has no effect. And yet, how often we adults are like infants who do not appreciate the music in life. Often we look only for the superficial realities and never go deeper. Jesus wants us to go deeper. Don't live for perishable things, he tells the crowd. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for that which endures unto life everlasting, which the Son of Man will give you. For upon him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Cultivate your interior life with God. The Lord is always there for you and me. He always wants us to go to him. He will take care of our every need where material things can do nothing. When you go to the Lord, and you should go often to him in prayer, in confession, in worthy Holy Communion, in visits to the Blessed Sacrament, in the meditation of the mysteries of the Rosary, especially in the Family Rosary, he will give you things much greater than anything you might ask for. They asked for bread to fill their bellies, and he gives them the bread of eternal life, which will make you never get hungry again. I am the bread of life. Who, he who comes to me shall never be hungry. Only Christ will satisfy your, your deepest hunger. Ask the Lord for a larger heart. Ask him for his heart, for him, for himself. Ask him to make you more generous and less selfish. Ask him to make you a saint. He made you to be a saint. Ask him to make it happen. Demand it of him. Tell him you want to do his work in your work, the work of God. Ask him to give you faith to believe more in him and less in yourself. Say to him, in the words of his hearers today, Lord, give us always this bread.